Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to the Hyperion Hub, your meeting place for all things Disney. Now your hosts. Hello and welcome to the Hyperion Hub, your meeting place for all things Disney. I'm John Alois, joined by Sean Dagenhart. Hello. And John Redling Schaefer. Hello, hello. And special guest host this week, the full-time host of Coffee with Kenobi, Mr. Dan Zaire is back with us. Welcome, Dan. Hello, gentlemen. Nice to be with you virtually in the studio. I got to say the uh, the looks that two, your two co-hosts are making at each other while you're talking are quite entertaining. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. No, pulling, no, no. Don't be ratting us out pulling here. Pulling the right? curtain back. <laughs> That's right. When is this co-host gig over is what I want to know. <laughs> All right. Before we get started, I want to remind everybody that we are on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter at Hub Hyperion. You can also email us at podcast at the Hyperion Hub.com. Wherever you're listening to us, please rate and review us so more people find the show. We like to start things off with our Disney views. You know, other shows start with Disney news. We start with our Disney views. And this week, we're going to go around the table and we're going to ask the question, when did you know you were a Disney fan, a Disney file, as some people call us, a giant Disney fan? Uh, when was that time? Was it something that happened over time? Did it evolve? What is a, was it a, a moment, a snap of the finger moment when you just knew you loved Disney? Should we start with our guest host? Absolutely. All right. Dan, let's say you. Yeah, for sure. Well, I, I mean, just like all of us, I'm sure you just remember growing up and it was an event when you could go to the movie theater to watch the re-release of an animated classic like Bambi or Snow White or Pinocchio or Peter Pan or what have you. And that was always very special to us. We had, uh, you know, the wonderful world of Disney on Sunday evenings, but I had never gone to the parks until I was about six or seven years old. We went to Disneyland. And I remember really thinking it was amazing, but that was about it. Walking around, seeing Mickey Mouse on pictures and walking down, which it wasn't, it certainly wasn't Disney Springs or downtown Disney then, but it was just the walkway up to Disneyland itself years and years ago, probably before Denny's was even there. And then uh, when I, the summer before my freshman year of high school, my mom, my mother, and my brother went to Disney World for my first time. And I remember just being completely enchanted and entranced by this place. We went to uh, uh, the jewelry store on Main Street, and I, I remember someone was waiting on us for a long time. And I and I and I said, to her, "How did you get to work here?" And she said, "I did something called the college program, where I get to work at Disney and I get college credit for it." And I remember thinking, "That's special. I got to remember this." Fast forward, I get out of high school. Uh, I'm in college for about three semesters, and one of my dear friends was not in class. And I said to a, a, a fellow friend, and I said, where's Teresa? And they said, well, she's on the Disney college program. All of a sudden, everything just kind of hit me at once, and I couldn't believe it was actually a real possibility. So and as soon as she came back from her tour on the college program, we hung out. She told me all about it, what it was like. She told me I should try it. So when Disney came to Illinois State University, I went, I applied. It was me and three different cast members who were interviewing us at a time. And they said, look, after your interview, you're either going to get a letter in the mail saying, sorry, we're not able to take you, or you're going to get a big envelope saying that you've been hired by the Walt Disney Company. Five days later, I got that giant letter, or that giant envelope in the mail, 
And I was like Charlie Brown getting that invitation to a Halloween party. I was so happy. Uh, before I became a teacher, it was the best job I ever had. It was like a college social setting without academic pressure. And you're able to go into all the parks anytime you wanted. You got discounts on merchandise. You know, I could we could do a whole show on the college program because it was one of the best times of my life. And I also equate working at Disney with bringing me out of my shell and getting me even more comfortable in front of people. And, you know, I've certainly come a long way in that regard. And that just always stuck with me. And since then, Disney has been an amazing place for me, you know, again, growing up with the movies and that. I proposed to my wife at Sunset Point at the Polynesian Resort. We had our honeymoon at the at Disney World and we took a cruise on the Disney Dream. And it's it's always been very, very special to me. And then when Disney bought Lucasfilm, I thought, well, now I've arrived. Now I have arrived. So that was a really long answer. Sorry, everybody. We'll see you next time. Be sure to follow <laughs> us on. <laughs> and culminating in a galactic cruise that we're going to talk about in a little bit first. That's but, right. All right. So right. who wants to go next? Go Rock, paper, scissors. Go ahead, Sean. <laughs> I've told the story before. Uh, we grew up with the movies, and I remember seeing Snow White in the theater for its uh, 50th anniversary, 1987, I believe that was. My first trip to the parks was in high school, but you know, when you're a high school senior, you're not really focused on the parks. You're more worried about who, what girl you're going to sit next to on <laughs> Splash Mountain, you know, that kind of thing. It was not until 10 years ago this past month, we're recording the end of February, 10 years ago last week that I, we took our first trip with our two oldest girls and fell in love with Walt Disney World. Our last day at the parks, we got selected to be the first family, um, got to welcome people at the train station with the mayor and Mickey Mouse and waving everybody in. And it was from that point on, I started absorbing everything I could about the company, the history, um, why they do the things they do. So that was, it's been a 10 year journey for us. So, okay, you know, I could dwell upon the movies as a kid, going to the parks a couple of times with my folks, but I really think it got to the point that I knew it wasn't an illness per se, but something was up <laughs> because went to Florida with friends in college at the time, and there was a day, there were about eight or nine of us, I think, that went down to central Florida. We stayed at a guy's parents' timeshare, not DVC. Um, and there was a debate, you know, a way too heated debate. They all wanted to go. We had a free day and they wanted to go to Universal. I mean, seven or eight of them. And, and I went, well, you know, hey, we're in central Florida. What if what if we went to Disney for the day? Wait, what are you talking about? We're, we're in college. We don't go there. You're a loser. Maybe it was a different language. I'm trying to be keeping our ratings what they are. And I pushed and I pushed and I won over four other people. We split in half. Half of them went to Universal. We ended up on the ferry, headed over to Magic Kingdom for the day. And I'm riding there going, yeah, that's right. Because I saw the rest of them smiling at each other that went with me. And I thought, why did I do this? You know what? I ha That was one of my favorite days of that whole trip. And as I left that day, I went, I would like to come back here more and more someday, you know, hopefully with a family. And that's where I really thought I chose the Magic Kingdom over the crazy rides at Universal, and I'm 19, What something's up. And little did I know that's what was up. That is one of those kind of snap moments where you realize. And, you know, mine's probably very similar as far as growing up seeing Disney movies and things like that. And when we got a VCR and I was able to go rent 
a bunch oh, yeah. of movies from Video Rama and Kelly City, Illinois. I was able to kind of start learning about the history of the company through the movies. And I fell in love with the history. My my parents were both kind of history buffs. So we would always my dad would always talk about Walt. And my mom would always talk about the Mickey Mouse Club. And I, I got to go in an early age. I went in 78. I was uh, four years old, went to Walt Disney World, 79 Disneyland. And then uh, John's doing the math. And, and then the older I got, the more I fell in love with it. But when I really started to realize that I'm a huge Disney fan, Disney buff, is when I started getting phone calls, people asking me about certain movies or how to make plans to go. Started watching the Disney Channel nightly um, and daily mm-hmm. with my girlfriend at the time, Jolie. And then same thing, I proposed at Walt Disney World. And the more we went and the more things that we watched and the more children that we had, the more I ended up loving it. And I realized... Yes. You know, I can watch everything by myself, but it's so much fun to share it with other people and especially family. And it's all about family for me. So we're all Disney fans in my family, and I'm happy to be able to share that with them. We have other things, sports too, but but Disney's number one. But we've talked about that on the show I love before. You know, when, when we have teenagers, older teenagers mm-hmm. that still enjoy going to the parks, that still, not here, but when they get to Florida or elsewhere at a, at a Disney uh, park or resort, the Disney shirts come out, the ears come on, and I watch my teenagers become kids again. It They're probably mortified when their father starts acting like a kid again. Um, but, hey, it, it, it's still it's a heartwarming experience to see what whether we've messed up in other parts of their lives. We, we, we've done something right <laughs> to at least convince them or indoctrinate them, whatever the word may be, uh, of what the mouse can do for you. And it's fun to see them um, start making their own plans. Well, we want to do this instead. And they start right. developing their own interests, and you know it's going to continue. And you get little goals, too, like, hey, let's try to stay at some point in our lives at every single resort. How many different restaurants can we tackle? You know, every time we go, we try to do one thing that we've never done before. Although we, we thanks to Lou... We make sure we always hit the boathouse now because that that's kind of that's pretty much a must do. But it's 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 a very special place. I mean, and I love Disneyland too, but it's not the same. It's just not the same. And I think people have a proclivity where they prefer one over the other because of the magic and the growing up. But since 1995, I think I've been there every single year to one of the one of the two coasts, except for maybe one year. Now with the show, that certainly bumped it up quite a bit more. But it's like my fix, man. It's like it's like that's the sun and I'm Superman. I gotta go back at least once a year to charge up again. <laughs> and you're talking about Lou Mangello, the pod father. Yeah, yes, right. Lou Mangello for WDW. Yeah, radio. Yeah, excellent. It's your goal in life to be a pod father, isn't it, John? <laughs> Someone has to ask me, right? Isn't that what? <laughs> All right, on to our main topic and. Dan, you just got off the Halcyon, and you got to spend three days and two nights there. We want to hear all about it. We want to hear your highs. We want to hear what you what you and your family loved about it. You got to take your family with you. Tell us about the experience and start wherever you want to start. Sure. So I, I got an email uh, a couple of weeks ago 
and it's from uh, uh, from Disney, and it said we would like to invite you and uh, your family to head to Walt Disney World and experience the Galactic Star Cruiser on the media experience. Now, the, the answer to that is always yes, right? So I made sure I was able to get the time off. Uh, Disney covered everything. They took care of us. They took care of us completely, the whole deal. And, you know, we were very excited. So I, we want to make sure we got the time off before we talked to uh, Mason and told him Mason is our eight-year-old. We've got two older boys, but they're out of the house now in college. Or, and our oldest is actually making movies in Chicago, doing his thing. He graduated from Columbia University. So they were not able to join us. So it was the three of us. And I'm, you know, a pretty big Star Wars fan. Mason is a huge Star Wars fan for eight. And my wife doesn't get it. But but she wanted to experience this with us. And I wanted that as well. Because, you know, I've, I've been very fortunate to do a lot of really cool things, but I really would like to incorporate my family into this. So we went, uh, we actually went a day early. We stayed at the Pop Century for the first night. And then Disney, Disney took care of us and put us up at the Grand Floridian the night before. Uh, which And I'd never stayed there before. So that was, that was pretty special, pretty magnificent. Uh, I was invited by Lucasfilm to go to a special um, appetizer slash uh, mixer event to talk with some of the Imagineers and, and people from Lucasfilm. They got us on a little patio where we got to watch the fireworks at the Magic Kingdom from the Grand Floridian. Then we, I mean, it was like, gentlemen, it was like winning the Disney lottery. It was like <laughs> winning the Disney lottery. We woke up, we walked over to the contemporary or to the Grand, Grand Floridian convention area. I signed in, did some stuff for them, and then uh, they put us on the bus. And we went over there. I think there were 40 media members throughout the entire world who were invited. People from, there were maybe three Star Wars podcasts. There was a bunch of YouTube channels. There were some TikTokers. Uh, there was CNN, Good Morning America, you know, just, you know, New York Times, USA Today. Ashley Eckstein was there, spent a lot of time with her. Now, you know, Dan, was, I want to say was, that you could have invited John and me at least <laughs> as your other two sons since they were unavailable. That's true. So and next as time, as I love you both, just I keep like that in mind. More. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Sorry. Yeah, no problem. So, so then we uh, noted you're, you're not the first person to extend that gracious offer to me either. So we, we got over there and uh, I mean, gosh, we talked a lot about a lot on coffee with Kenobi Shinora 500, but basically what happens is when you're there, uh, they hand you one of these, uh, brand new magic bands. It's are exclusive. You probably saw those on posted online. Um, and you get in there, you go through down the hallway into this launch pod, which is basically an elevator. Think hydrolators from the old school, you know, living seas kind of a thing. You walk into the atrium and then for two nights and three days, you are, you are, you are living. It's like this. It's like a combination of Vegas for families, but it's completely family friendly, a murder mystery and an escape room all in one. You've got your phone, which is your data pad, which is the Play Disney app. And throughout the experience, you're sent messages where you can do missions. You can align with the First Order, you know, if you want to turn to the dark side. You can align with the Resistance. You can learn the ways of a Jedi, or you can become a smuggler. Whatever you pick, you've got missions that are happening throughout the entire experience that affect what actually happens. This, gentlemen, is the immersion we were promised in Galaxy's Edge, but never fully came to fruition. It's unlike anything I've ever experienced in my life. I mean, it really, truly is because the three of us had the best time. We're collaborating. We're doing these missions. We're having great food. We're playing Sabacc in the, in the Sublight Lounge, which is uh, incredible fun. 
There's lightsaber training. Uh, there's a, there's a climate simulator, which is basically a glorified Zen outdoor garden where they say you're we're simulating what it's like to be on Batu when you're really just in Orlando. But if you want that sunshine, you've got it there. You spend half the day, one of the days, the second day in the studios, and you get to wear a special pin. Uh, this pin right here on your shirt. And when the, when the cast members see that, in, in addition to your magic band, which of course has all your stuff on it, um, they treat you differently. They talk to you differently about different things. Uh, when you go on Smugglers, Ron Hondo Onaka says different things to you and asks you to help him with a mission. Uh, they've got unlimited Katsaka's kettle for you to snack on throughout the thing. All the blue and green milk you could want is on tap alongside you know any other kinds of stuff. Uh, there's entertainment with a singer. She's a she is her name is Gaia. She if you're familiar with Hera uh, from Star Wars Rebels, that that's the same species that that she is from. Uh, uh, and then gosh, um, the hours you don't you don't see the sun unless you go outside or go into the climate center. Uh, you don't really have a clock besides the one on you on you. So you have no concept of what day it is, even though it's two nights and three days. Each day feels like a week, and that's not a bad thing. There, you, there's just a lot going on. It's it's very overwhelming. It's not, and I repeat, not relaxing. When you go, if you decide to go, don't expect to feel rested because I still do not feel rested. No, I had to cover a lot of stuff and still doing a lot of other things. But it's it's unlike anything I've ever experienced before. And I can truly tell you, I know Disney hosts me, but I cannot wait to go again. And I am in the summer 2023, me and MEI and mouse fan travel with Becky Menken. We're going as a big coffee with Kenobi group summer of 2023 on the house. Yet. So I hope you three will join us. I'm hearing a cross between a vacation, a cruise when you're trying to do all the various activities, yep. as many as you mm -hmm. want, or maybe as little as you want. And yep. at the same time, the, the various fun escape rooms and things like that, that Dan was explaining, I think, my initial reaction is, would someone be overstimulated? You know, that that's a fair question. And Deanna is a great person to ask about this. She's an introvert, right? I mean, she loves people, but she also likes to recharge. There was one time when he and I were playing Sabak, and I think Mason played Sabak probably eight hours of the whole trip because he loved it. And he was teaching people how to do it. But she just went in the room and turned on TV and watched like a biography on Abraham Lincoln. And she just kind of zoned out in there. Or you can go out into the climate area and just relax. I mean, there's a lot of stimulus, but they have this... I was talking to Scott Trowbridge about this. Uh, by the way, I do love being able to say that sentence with a straight face. He's an Imagineer, right? <laughs> That's right. He's he's one of the head Imagineers uh, for all for for the all the portfolios that are IPs. And I, I said it's amazing to me that you have created this organic environment where people, no matter where they are in the Star Wars spectrum, uh, introverted, extroverted, what like to be the star of the show, don't like to be the star of the show, doesn't really matter. You just can't help but be invested because of the way they've laid it out. I really equate it to being a teacher. I feel like if you present a comfortable environment where you feel safe and you can be yourself and express yourself, then you just kind of let your hair down and you just do it. You don't even realize, you know, what's going on as far as in the outside world because you're just having so much fun. One of the things I do when they give you your magic band is I say, get ready to play and have fun. And the three of us, the entire time, all we did was have fun. I'm telling you guys, it's magnif It's magnificent. Listening to Deanna talk about it, it will be good fodder for my wife, who I think sounds very yes. similar to her. So she yes. follows Star Wars along just because of us. 
and you know, especially right. our girls' passion for it. So that was that's going to be a big selling point is having her listen to Coffee with Kenobi episode five hundred. <laughs> Oh, thank you. And, and and Scott Trowbridge said, look, this is built for Star Wars fans and people who love people who love Star Wars. Like, you don't have to. I don't really think you have to love Star Wars to do this. I mean, obviously I do, but, uh, you know, it's a new Disney experience. I would have been itching to try it out anyway. I'm sure, you know, all three of you are. Uh, so, I mean, and we can talk about the price point later, too, because I'm sure that's going to be a big question as well. It's it's a great quote, by the way. Let's think about that for a second. So um, when we are interested in something or when, when you know a significant other or a child is interested in something, watching that look on their face or seeing them experience something that they're passionate about or love makes us appreciate it at least. Maybe we're not the biggest fans, but it makes us appreciate it a little bit more. So do you right. think that your wife... Um, God is God is much out of it. it. Let me ask this: Would you have predicted that she would have had as good of a time as she did beforehand? No, I, I knew she would like it watching it with us uh, and just experience it with us. And, and honestly, the first four hours, I was on such a charge of adrenaline. Red Bull has nothing on walking on the Halcyon for the first time, and I had tears in my eyes constantly. I was just very overwhelmed. And she kept saying, "I'm having so much fun watching you two experience this." And you know, she's just a very kind, loving person anyway. And he's always been very supportive of my of my Star Wars isms, whatever they are. And so, yeah, she, I said at the end, did did you like Star Wars more because of this, or how do you feel? And she goes, you know, I get it a little bit more. I, I I appreciate the themes of working together, the fact that we all have to work together to create something good, and the fact that we're able to work together uh, to solve missions and to figure things out and to help the captain or help rescue the, the astromech SK six two O is new to this thing. Yeah. She loved it. She's, she absolutely loved it. In fact, she, I, she said, I think it's a one and done for me. She said, but I'm so glad I experienced it and I loved it. So I was very happy that she did. Let, let's talk about those missions. Uh, it sounds like you're using sure. your phone as the notification device. Um, you do as many as you want, as little as you want. Are you with your floor mates, roommates? How, how does that all play out? And that's a great question. So that was one of the popular things that people were talking about. And what they encourage you to do is, look, if you want to hang out with your family the whole time, then make these decisions together. You basically get, and I can send you guys a picture of what the phone looks like when you're doing it, but you get these little mission, mission, missions on the comm, and you can click it, and, you, and every question has like three answers, and you can decide. It's like living and choose your own adventure honestly, in a, in a, in an immersive ex, sort of a way when you're on a pretend spaceship and you can, based on what you decide, depends on where you go and what you do. And it gives you like a schedule every day, sort of like when you're on a Disney cruise and it tells you an itinerary and based on what you pick, it will highlight certain things in all yellow, like all your schedules, your schedule, when you eat, when you do certain things, because you can't have everybody in doing lightsaber training at the same time, etc. But based on how you answer, certain things will be highlighted for you that are different. For example, uh, they do bridge training where you go on onto the main area of the ship and you operate the shields, you operate the engineering aspects, you, you operate the cannons, you uh, do this thing where you catch this cargo that got loose. And there are, I think, four stations. Every station has eight different consoles to it. So everybody can get very involved. So we did that. That was part of the cruise. But at the end, because of the things we picked for the resistance, we had a secret unofficial meeting with the captain on the bridge. So we walked in there, the doors closed, and all of a sudden 
we looked out the window and here comes TIE fighters and here comes the Star Destroyer. And then we saw a Kylo Ren ship come in and the whole ship turned red. I mean, are you kidding? It was it was great. So you can do as many missions as you want or you can sit back and you can just people watch. But I but I want to say, and I'm not going to spoil things, the ending, uh, like any cruise, there's a beginning and an end and they do like a nice thing for you, a send off. The ending is a combination of stunts of special effects, of music, of lighting, of storytelling, that everyone in that place was screaming like it was Game 7 of the World Series of the Cubs against the Cleveland Indians. <laughs> there, were, there were people crying just like with excitement, and it was just, it's great. Even Deanna, again, who's like, I don't get the Stars thing, but she loved it too. I mean, I'm, you know, I am actually a discerning Star Wars critic. There, I don't love everything Star Wars related, but I have no quibbles with this. Does it kind of surprise you that this has never been done before? I mean, when you think of all the incredible uh, properties or genres, not just Disney-related, but to think that it's never been done on this type of scale, not Harry Potter, not superheroes, um, you know, any other storylines. You can take a train ride and and do a murder mystery and things like that, but nothing to to this level of detail and scale. So, yes and no. I mean, I, I get now why. I mean, the the amount of work. I mean, Ann Morrow was one of the head engineer, Imagineers on this thing. She told me it took, she's been working on it for six and a half years. So even before Galaxy's Edge was announced, they've been planning this. I mean, the amount of work and the amount of time that they all put and spent in this, I get it. I mean, I'm sure it's expensive to build and create and to staff and to keep everyone trained. And the cast members on this were like another level of excellence. I mean, of course, top to bottom. But... I kind of get why they haven't. I wouldn't be surprised if this is successful that we start seeing, you know, hey, you want to spend a couple nights in Hogwarts, that kind of stuff. I wouldn't be surprised if that happened. There's a lot of speculation between um, um, us members of the meeting. We were on this uh, thinking about the possibilities of that. But it it's it's a it's a massive, massive undertaking. So, yes, I'm surprised, but I'm also not surprised. And the merch. Woo. I'm surrounded by the merch, baby. Yeah, One thing I heard you great. say on your podcast was that on ship, everything was in-universe. That's right. And I remember when I was a kid hating buying those Halloween costumes if I wanted to be Batman, where my suit, my costume said Batman across the front. <laughs> right. Like, that's not what it is. He's, he doesn't say Batman. So the idea that everything merch-related on ship was in-universe, you know, that's going to hit my wallet pretty hard. Those used to drive oh, those plastic costumes. Yes. Oh, they used to drive oh, me crazy. With the rubber band in your one. Well, yeah, I was going to say the goal was for you to suffocate and pass out so right. you didn't remember the Halloween. And then, like, that's that great Seinfeld thing. I don't remember Superman wearing a jacket. My mom always made me wear a jacket. Yeah. <laughs> but Superman had a red mask, too. I remember that one, too. I ne- yeah. never made any sense. So, like, so talk about the merch. No yeah. yeah, the, the merchandise, uh, it, the, one, one of the nice things that they do about it is. They only allow one item per person. So what you sound like you like I was gonna buy, let's see. I've got I've got the three and three quarter inch of SK six two O here. Uh, and I was gonna buy one to open and one to keep on this card, but they only let me buy one. And I respect that because I want everybody to have a chance to buy it. There's an exclusive Sabak game, which is the card game that Han Solo uh, played against Lionel Kyrissing with the Millennium Falcon. But this is a different version than the one that you have on Bat Two. Uh, where it's 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 basically much a much easier way. The original rules of Sabak are very very difficult, but it's really really nice. You basically have to match up 
a suit and a number. And the cards are really, really nice lenticular ones. Uh, you play the digital one or the virtual one on the ship, then you can play this. They had a, a two-day or a two-event two Sabak tournament where everybody sits down in uh, where you eat breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And then the winners of the tournament get to play in the main lounge area together and do it that way. But the, all the merchandise is great. I bought a Legacy lightsaber. It's the one that's the training lightsaber they use in lightsaber training. It's that one. Uh, you've got SK620, the big one, like just like you build at the Droid Depot, but they have one like that that you can get. Uh, there's a lot of beautiful jewelry. Uh, the coasters are works of art. It's all very ornate. Uh, there's costumes you can get. And one piece of advice I would suggest to people that when you do this is make sure that you dress up. Like, Typically, you know, is it socially acceptable to wear something like this? You know, I don't know. A lot, some people might make a face at you or what have you unless you're cosplaying. But on this thing, it just seemed like the norm. Now, I I do have some stuff I didn't bring. It. I just wore like I had some Levi's Star Wars jeans and different logo coffee with Kenobi stuff. So I didn't feel out of place by not dressing up. But the people who did, it just kind of helped enhance the experience for them. So when I do it again, I'm going to bring some stuff, I think. And then when you get off the ship, there's a store that's only, it's got like real world stuff, right? So like I have a shirt that says Star Wars Galactic Star Cruiser, you know, Walt Disney World. That's the only place you can buy that kind of stuff. When you're on the ship, it's in world. As soon as you get off, there's a small little, it's basically like a, a merchandise cart, but it's built into the wall. It's got a couple of t-shirts, keychain, an exclusive magic band that you can only get when you get off the ship, which I'm showing for you right here in the video. Um, and it's just little things like that. The merchandise is great. Yeah. I, I, I'm still trying to wrap my head around certain things. You're on a bus leaving the Grand Floridian. You have windows. At some point, you don't have windows. So are you walking through the front door? I mean, uh, this is it, it, it's a logistics question that, that's baffling sure. me. I mean, off the bus and into another world, and you leave Earth behind. Is that really what it is? I mean, basically, you get off, you walk inside, and I have the entire walkthrough on uh, Facebook and Instagram for you to check out. But yeah, you walk in, you you walk, you put, you scan your magic band that they give you. You walk down a little hallway, you watch a two-minute video hosted by Mark Daniels. Then you get on the elevator and boom, you're on the ship. Just like that. So you, you mentioned off-world compared to in-story. Um, I'm mm -hmm. assuming if they ever develop more games, you know, like what you would have on the cruise, if you had trivia games, they wouldn't be... <laughs> who wrote the music for the main score of episode four no. or anything like that. But you could possibly no, it's all have... all in world. Right. You could have name the emperor's original, you know, what was his original name or something like that, right? I mean, they could mm. still stay in story. Um, I could see them developing more, more cruise-like games besides Sabacc, you know, that might be like a bingo type thing. I'm hearing the first casino on Disney property is right. what I'm hearing. They had a big, big tournament here. Uh... <laughs> they do. It's all fit for 10 money. No, I, I don't, I can't imagine that's going to happen, John, quite honestly, because you're so uh, submerged into this world that you don't think about that stuff. Like you really don't think about stuff and they, the cast members never break character at all, but it, but it's not annoying. You just kind of you find yourself playing along, and every time they greet you, they always say. Whenever you say thank you, they always say it's my honor, kind of like a Chick Fil A thing. Or like whenever they they greet you, they always say good journey. And then when you're leaving, they say may the stars light your way. There's a, a little vernacular there. 
But no, I, it's you won't miss the real world Star Wars aspect. I mean, you can get that when you go on bad too if you want to, or just talking with your friends. And certainly, a lot of us are talking about all kinds of stuff. But no, it's just you're living that story. Like my son Mason said tonight, I felt like I was in a Star Wars movie for three days and I didn't want it to end. It's unbelievable. Can you please talk about the room that you, how is the, the size of the room? Talk about the porthole, you know, everything that you get to experience. Right. Yeah. So the, the room itself, the, the doors are really, really, they're heavy. You, you pull a little lever to the side and it slides open for you. Uh, the, the bathroom is kind of small, the one we were in, but it, I mean, it certainly did more than we needed. The shower was nice. It was big. Uh, you've got, you know, closets, but just all typical stuff. But the bunk beds, I'm sure you've seen the, the art and some of the images of that. The bunk beds are insane. They're extraordinarily comfortable. I just went up and tested just to see what it was like so I could talk about it. Mason loved it. He wants a bunk bed in his house now. The bed is huge. It's got every room has this massive TV display that when you walk in, it has your name. It says ours said welcomes their family, and underneath it was an Orabesh, which is a Star Wars written language. There is a droid in every room, which is basically you scan this thing on the wall. And this animated droid talks to you and, and gives you suggestions for missions and, and tells you what the weather's like and stuff like that. And there's this huge portal like on, on the cruise ships. And it's it's massive. It's a work of art in and of itself. And the entire time, there are just different ships flying by or you look at space. And it, I, didn't, I never saw anything repeat. And I looked at that thing quite a bit. In fact, we had it open all night long because Mason wanted that. And let's be honest, I would have wanted that too. But it's, but it's very, very bright. So the first night, I woke up at 3 in the morning, and I thought, oh, the sun's up. I'm going to get up get some breakfast. And it was 3 in the morning because the thing was wide open. Now, you can close it, of course, but we didn't do that. Uh, and it just really adds to the experience. In fact, no matter where you go on the ship, uh, even in, in the bridge itself, you're looking around and seeing all the different portals and windows, and it – yeah, like you feel like, okay, this is to the left, this is north, whatever. Like it's always different stuff going on, which which is pretty neat. I don't sleep on Disney property, so I probably would have been upset to find out that it was only three in the morning and the day wasn't starting yet. Was it easy to <laughs> yeah. rest? What what's that? <laughs> I don't I'll I'll tell you when it happens. No, I mean if you wanted to, like I said, you could. But I mean, I was very overstimulated because I was so excited. Um you know, not seeing the sun, not having clocks besides the one on your wrist or your phone, um, it does change things. Like I was looking at the clock and it was three in the afternoon. I was like, really? It's not midnight? It just, it kind of blows your mind. But it's a lot like being on a cruise. It's a lot like being at a, at a convention. I remember the first time I went to Star Celebration, uh, it, it was like after lunchtime. I thought, I haven't gone to the bathroom or eaten. What What in the world? You just you because you're so immersed in what's going on, you're having so much fun. And if you guys have ever been to D23, it's the same same thing, right? You're just having so much fun, you're so swept up in it, and you don't even realize it was really nice, really nice to kind of turn off your brain, forget about the outside world for a while, and just focus on having fun with your family in a way that's very unique, even for a Disney vacation. And the food. The food's really, really good. This week, uh, I have AJ Wolf of Disney Food Blog and Molly from AllEars.net on, and we're going to give our top five favorite food and drink options. I will say right off the bat, uh, the Mustafar chips in the in the lounge are amazing. They're like a sriracha chip. There's there's um, there's some a green bean situation that they're like uh, they're not. They're, well, they are fried, but they're dried up green beans with some amazing sauce. There's some great food on there. 
There's some fun cocktails. A lot of them you can get at Oga's Cantina uh, on Batu, but there's a lot of great. So you can also get regular drinks as well. That's by the way, everything is inclusive except for the alcohol, just like on a cruise. So all, all you want to eat and drink, you got it. They've got snacks set up morning, noon, and night. You got coffee. You've got bananas. You got breakfast. You got all kinds of stuff. I, okay. Don't send your hate mail to John over this, the other John. <laughs> I, I have a, a couple other practical questions, as, and I'm sitting here Please. going, the bathroom. Yeah. Does it have the silly shampoo products hanging in the on, on the shower that you have to use the same sea salt, you know, marine stuff? Yeah, and, and, and the follow up, it does. All right. Yes, but they're all they're all in brand. They're all themed. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. They're all, all right. in brand. Yeah. Orange and, I, and, and I, white themed. Yeah. It's crate salt. Not... Well, and I've seen <laughs> and I've seen pictures. This you know, is kind of for the listener too, you know. But all right, the workout sure. fiends. What are they doing? Are they doing all the missions for twenty four hours straight, or there is there a oh, is there a gym? gym? So I that was one of the things I asked. I actually talked to one of my PR contacts and said, I what if I want to go for a run? And he goes, Honestly, you're going to be so busy, you won't care. So what I did is the morning of the Grand Floridian, I just I just ran from the Grand Floridian all the way around the thing. And I was good. And that was that's a great run, by the way. But yeah, you it's uh you just uh I thought I would miss the workout thing and I and all that, but I didn't I mean at studios we you know, we got probably eighteen thousand steps in. Uh and you walk around doing stuff and you just kind of forget about it. That's a great question. Those are the kind of questions I want you to ask for sure. How do you get to Batu from the from the Halcyon? Yeah. So yeah, well there I there is um there's a, a one of the lower decks, the deck where it's the fourth deck, I believe, where you go and you can eat. And that's where the lightsaber training is. That's where the climate thing is. But if you walk down this little hallway, you turn a corner and there is a shuttle waiting for you. And you get on the shuttle and it closes and they they take you to Batu, And you have a special entrance that is only for guests of the Halcyon. So you get out and basically you walk out in the courtyard, you look to your left and there's uh, Kylo Ren's tie waiting the tie echelon waiting over there to the left um, and you know there used to be the big red first order flag over it but they've moved that flag but that's where the doorway is and and there's someone there with a clipboard and they recognize you with your your pin and your magic band so they know when you can get back there or not but it's great you can like store merchandise back there you can ship it back onto the ship for yourself um, they take care of you can you go anytime anytime you, you have, it's like that second day, it's like from nine in the morning till four o'clock in the afternoon. So they have shuttles going back and forth constantly. And does that come with um, passes for Rise of the Resistance and Smuggler's It Run? does. It does. You get a Lightning Lane pass for Rise of the Resistance and for Smuggler's Run. You only get one, but I walked right on to Rise of the Resistance, which, you know, if you're not, if I'm not covering something for the show, that never happens, right? I didn't have to worry about virtual queues. I didn't have to wait in four hour lines. I walked right on it. I mean that's that is pretty that's a pretty great perk. I mean you know you're paying for it, so heck, may as well. Speaking of paying for it, all right. Yes. So let's do it. Down to brass tacks. Here we go. <laughs> it's probably the question Absolutely. that everybody has brought up when it comes to the Galactic Star Cruiser. Tell us if you think it's worth it. Was it worth it for you? Right. That is that was the most popular question asked that I've been getting asked since I since I came back to earth as it were. So I guess, you know, the, the price, not only, not only are you paying for the cruise, but, you know, you got to get down there. You got to eat, you got to stay the night before or the, or the night after. I mean, I guess when you get off, you could just fly home. And certainly we did that after a couple of interviews and things like that. But 
I would never advocate for anyone going into debt on a vacation, whether it's to Disney World, whether it's to, to Minnesota, whether it's to Europe, wherever you're going to go. I would never advocate for that. That being said, I am going back in the summer of 2023, as I mentioned earlier on the show. I'm going to budget for it. I'm going to say for it. It is worth it to me. Like It's probably the same price as a really nice Disney World vacation. It's a very different experience. It's a very authentic experience. I truly can say completely conscience-free uh, with a clean conscience. It's I've never seen anything like it. I've been very blessed to do a lot of cool things. I've never seen anything like this ever. Uh, the way that they get you to play together, the, the fun you have, the authentic, organic nature of storytelling that you are a part of, the experiences you get. We, we, we're a family that cares about experiences more than things. right? We care about experiences and the things you get to do together. The memories we made are going to last a lifetime for all of us because we had so much fun doing it. So yes, I do think it's worth it. I know it's a big ask, but it's a premium price for a premium experience that you can't get anywhere else in the world. You know, you get all your food, you get the Lightning Lane stuff, you get passes to Hollywood Studios, you get to stay on the ship, you get all the activities on the ship. Uh, it is, it's special. It, it's a special thing. It really is. And 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 I'm after hearing this, the beauty of it is, it sounds like you can go back multiple times, millions mm-hmm. of times, and have a different experience every time, depending on your choose-your-own-adventure. One slight change or selection could change your entire voyage, and that's the cool part, mm-hmm. that I've done it once. I don't need to go back because it's the same experience. They're not dumb enough to do it that way, you know? And that's the mm-hmm. cool part, that you know, Disney's, they're not dummies. They're going to find a way for you to want to keep coming back. And so you do one route this time, and now you do a different adventure that, shoot, you could be 15 adventures in and still not have done the same thing. There were three different things that I was told after I got off the ship, and I said, you get to do that? I didn't even know that that was a possibility. So so someone said to me, who's was very respected in the Disney community, they said to me, do you feel cheated that you didn't know about the X, Y, and Z until you got off the ship? And I'm like, I think that's awesome because when I do it again, I've got that to look forward to. I mean, if you want to try and do and see everything, tell me when that's ever happened to you in a Disney World vacation. The answer is never. That's never going to happen. I've been there over 20 times. it's cool that you get to do that. Exactly. And I haven't done everything. No, it's impossible. Even when I worked there, that was my mission to do and see everything. And I tried, but it's impossible. So, no, I I didn't. I think that's a, a definite perk, John. The fact that you can do it multiple times and get very different experiences. There's some core things you're going to do. You're going to get bridge training. You're going to get lightsaber training. You're going to go to bed too. You're going to have the fun meals and see Gaia perform and all that stuff. But no, there's some key things that that you may miss or not get to do, uh, just depending on what your choices are. Yeah. You don't feel cheated, like you said. Not at all. Not at the all. I feel enriched and empowered knowing that there's other things I can experience when I go back. Dan, it sounds like an amazing time, and uh, you know who knows. Hopefully, uh, we'll be able to join you at some point. It would be great. Tell us about where people can find your show and where you are online. Certainly. Well, well, thank you guys so much. I was very excited. Uh, the last time I was on with you, I knew about this, but I wasn't allowed to say anything. So I'm glad I've got the chance to come back on. So thank you for inviting me. You can find Coffee with Kenobi all over social media. Twitter, Pinterest, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, what have you. Uh, you can certainly join our Facebook group, the CWK Cafe, where we have a family-friendly, spoiler-free place to talk about Star Wars in, in a very good uh, environment. 
If the podcast drops every Thursday, my Coffee with Kenobi live show is Monday nights at 7 o'clock p.m. Central Standard Time. Uh, you can find my writings on StarWars.com. I'm doing a monthly sh- uh, article for them about the different ships in the world of Star Wars. You can find my books on Amazon covering the world of Star Wars. I've got three out. One coming out in May. Darth Vader, I Am Your Father, Lessons for Parents and Mentors from a Galaxy Far, Far Away. And if you have a podcast or blogger and want to start another one or learn more about how to build your brand, you can certainly reach out to me at danzymedia.com and I can help you get that process started. And sometimes I sleep. (laughs) (laughs) What's that? Yeah, thank you so much, Dan. This was wonderful. My pleasure. Thank you. May the stars light your way, gentlemen. I love it. And until next week, please follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and on Twitter at Hub Hyperion. Email us at podcast at thehyperionhub.com. And like I asked before, wherever you are listening to us, please rate and review us so more people find the show. And until next week, may the stars light your way. We're glad you could join us. We'd love to hear from you. You can email or send us a recorded audio message at podcast at thehyperionhub.com. Find us on social media on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. The Hyperion Hub is not affiliated with the Walt Disney Company or its subsidiaries. We'll meet you next time at the Hyperion Hub. (laughs) 